Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Value Line Observer, brought to you by the Value Guys. I'm Vern Value. And I'm Val Hughes. And we're 20-year Wall Street veterans that have taken on secret identities, adopted disguises, changed our voices. You could say we've gone underground so that we can stay employed. Uh, because our bosses wouldn't allow us to bring you our candid views on stocks every week uh, if they Vern, had their way of In my case, it's actually now almost 30 years. Sad to say, and you're 25. I don't. I don't. Why think, are you saying 20 years? I don't because that's not the right. I don't number think anymore. our listeners need well, that. I think level honesty of in the title a little is granular, a good place don't you think? To start. I like an honest title. Really, we have 20 you say years. 20 don't years. we both have 20 years? Listen, you can question what "is" means, but I'm just every week you, we get together. God knows why, and look for ideas in that week's value line investment survey. Um, this week, uh, before we do that, yeah, like every week, I don't know why I said it that way. This is uh, just going on. We on. have to remind That's you why. that this is for entertainment purposes only, and we may own all the stocks that we're talking about or have other conflicts of interest. Um, and most importantly, uh, we often don't have uh, a clue about what we're talking don't about. Speak for yourself on that one, Vern. Um, Please. On what frequency or no? I know of... a lot about some of these occasionally, so I don't. I wouldn't say we don't know anything. Just you know, I mean, that's a big caveat. If you want to make the, that, the, that's fine. I do I've never heard caveat. you object to to this. That's, in, well, I mean, don't demean really what over you three know, years of shows. Don't well, you're moving into the demeaning your own knowledge area, and I just have to say, you know a lot, but you just have to mix it up. So don't rely on anything you're saying. Of course, right. That goes without saying. Our lawyers are saying that, but. Don't say you don't know anything. We, you know a lot. I, I know a few things. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah, yeah. but don't but rely. Sometimes, don't, sometimes don't rely. That, that breadth and depth of knowledge that we bring to every situation um, is somewhat impaired because we might have been uh, enjoying some adult beverages. Uh, if you want to learn more about us, please visit our website at thevalueguys.com. In the second half of the show, I'm going to be back with uh, three quality, well, Vern ideas, um, yeah, like you've probably which means missed. Medium quality uh, or growth. Two stocks, out of the last three weeks when uh, I haven't been on the show. Why aren't you going first this week? But, Why don't uh, you just go ahead and go first? But uh, I promise listeners want to hear you. We're going to come Vern? up with a technical solution for this yeah. problem. Well, ver listeners want to hear you. I'm doing the introduction the way we've always done the show yeah, okay. is that I hand it off to you. I don't know why you're or not vice going versa. first this week. I don't know why. All right. All right. So well, I don't know why you're go? going second. Is it my turn? You went to go? second last week. Okay. Is it my turn to go now? Is the introduction uh, over? Yes. No. I'm going All to. Right. At this point, you know, we're going to turn the show over to, uh, well, you know, Val, who frankly travels a lot. Thank you, Vern, for that heartfelt introduction. The listeners, I think, are just uh, they're eager to get to I the I think ideas. they're stunned at this no, point. No, I just want to get to it. I'm very sleepy. I have been traveling a lot. I've told listeners that. It's good to be uh, back with you, Vern, even though um, – and thanks for coming over. Even though that cuts your time in half. Yeah, well, whatever. I just – I guess last week I started rambling, if anyone heard the show. Um, the markets are a little better. We're feeling a little better in the office, uh, feeling pretty good. We, we're all feeling smarter than we actually are probably on Wall Street. This has been such – um, a big recovery year. So the year-over-year -year numbers, year-to-date numbers for all the indices are just, you know, in the record books because of how bad it was last year. And when you start to get a little away from it, I'm looking through all the, you know, value line pages this week. You see these charts, 
and they're all starting to form out this period in time that is all identical for each stock. So, uh, you know, there was this um, complete evaporation of confidence, and I think it was in part because every lending institution in the world stopped loaning money, and that you could see that really puts the brakes on buying anything. And so, uh, but, you know, it's all starting to curve out now, and you're getting back to a situation where you have to bet on uh, more than if a company will survive, which is kind of a lot of money was made on just that bet alone. Now it's which companies are going to do well. And so, uh, you know, I went through this week's issue, and I see a lot of commodities. In fact, I was looking through the semiconductor equipment uh, area, Vern, just looking for ideas. Hard to there's, find. Something well, there's 30 there. companies in there, so I mean t that that suggests that their their customers will win because you can compete for price. But how are any of those companies going to actually win? That seems uh, like it's a tough way to make money. So I don't know. I'm not sure even what section this came Always out. Always has been. But I've got uh, three ideas this week, all based on what looked like pretty good, decent valuation for good companies. Are you doing them in page number order? I am. I'm back this week. So you're going to start with Corning? Why are you? Yeah, how do you know what I'm doing this week? It's first? in electrical equipment. Thank you. Uh, Corning, ticker GLW, which stands for Glassworks, because this used to be Corning Glassworks years ago. Why they go to the trouble to change the name and not change the ticker my guess is right there, someone just has to die, and then they change that to something that you can relate to with the name. Um, page 1306, Corning, what do they do? Corning is a global manufacturer, and they do uh, displays uh, made out of glass. Of course, that's their original uh, core competency. What do Liquid you mean displays? Computer displays, Vern? Mm. Yeah. Uh, fiber, uh, liquid crystal displays, they do telecom, so fiber optics is them, optical fiber, a lot of uh, computers, of course, are generating information through fiber or telecom network. They do some Which hardware. Which is made of spun glass. Yes. Yes, thank you. Uh, they do Hence something in environmental, 12%. But the bulk of it here, 46% is now in displays, and they're putting up a pretty healthy return on capital. It was running in the mid-teens, upper teens, 20%. It's now in the low uh, teens, 13%. And they just lever that a little bit, 12% debt to capital. So I'm looking at their return on equity is 14%. So that all looks fine. It's 10 times earnings. And yeah, I'm like, but how do you sustain that when everybody makes what you make? I mean... They've had some first-mover advantage, maybe. I don't know, but they're earning a 32% operating margin, so uh, obviously pricing is going their way. They must have excess capacity, or they must do it better or cheaper, economies hmm. of scale. Obviously, there's a lot of information that's not here on the sheet. But what I can surmise from the operating margin is that it's not a commodity. They're earning a 32% operating margin. But here's the interesting thing, at least to me, and then... Burn has some thoughts, I'm sure, as well. It's 10 times earnings. I'm like, okay, cheap stock, right? It's a 40% discount to the market PE. Well, it looks, looks pretty cheap. I'm going to just keep digging in. Um, so I'm going to do an enterprise value to EBITDA calculation, which is simply enterprise values, the price we'd have to pay to own the whole company, the debt plus the market value of the stock, less the cash. In this case, that's $22.5 most of which is equity. So that's nice. And I'm looking at their EBITDA number, which we now know is the operating margin times revenue. We learned that from a 
verbose analyst a few months ago who defined that for us in print. So $5 billion in revenue, 30% operating margin. Uh, what's that? A billion seven. I'm going to say a billion nine next year just to help myself. So a billion nine, twenty-two point five billion in enterprise value. A billion nine, that's eleven times EBITDA. Well, that's, wait a minute, ten times earnings, eleven times EBITDA. Now I don't know for regular listeners. You know, usually the enterprise value to EBITDA is going to be half of the PE in a sense because you're taking out the the taxes and the interest. So it's going to be some fraction of the P.E. based on those numbers. Well, in this case, it's higher than the P.E. So, you know, I've had a, an adult beverage or two, but that caught my eye. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, what's going on? The income tax rate here, when you look down, value line gives you that, is in the low teens, Vern. Shocking. I know. So I say to Vern, what the heck? Why is it in the low teens? And we're looking here. There's nothing on the page that tells us why. I had some good theories, yeah, theories uh, right. several of them, but I wasn't, they were all rejected. I wasn't in the opining on that. It's not on the page. Vern had a few thoughts. How many thoughts did you have? I had one or two. Oh, you did? Yeah. You should but have I shared them. Why? Why should I have? Now, here's my thought. I'm going to share it now. It's going to be fresh, oh. fresh off my lips. Now, here's the thing. I'm saying to myself, well, how am I going to value this? Because I don't know what the deal is with the tax rate. And even if I put the tax rate at zero, okay, EBITDA, let's say, is a billion nine. I put the tax rate at zero, so that's still a billion nine. Uh, earnings were $2.3 billion. So there's money added in. What's that from? Is it from royalties? Is it from uh, uh, tax credits? Do they perhaps have a giant joint venture with Samsung to well, build that, liquid crystal Well, it does say displays? that here. So there's some ah. stuff coming in below the line, but ah. we know that. Here's the point, um, and that would be that I can value this on an enterprise value to EBITDA basis, so it's 11 times, and that allows me to look at these other elements of earnings separately because it's just the operating business. So it's 11 times. That's a 9% cash-on-cash return. Value line suggests this thing's going to grow at 10%. So 9 plus 10 is a 19% return on the operating business. And then I have something. It's a combination of royalties, tax credits, who knows. But whatever it is, it's a billion dollars a year. I think it's 50% ownership in an operating business. Okay. But it's still being undertaxed. And, it's, and undertaxes tend to work out over time. So I don't know the answer to that question. But I can say this just at this point. It's a billion dollars a year, so ask yourself, how many years will that last? And there's an answer to that. you just got to go find it out, call them up, or read something that I'm not reading. But let's say it's going to last five years. That's $5 billion in excess value beyond the operating company, and there's 1.5 billion shares. So that would be, you know, 3 or $4 a share in incremental value on top of an investment that can earn 19%. And so I like Corning uh, for that reason. And I'd also point out that Value Line, which they give a little detail here, business is going very well for them right now. And um, their incremental margins on the next thing they sell, because of the growing uh, capacity utilization that they're experiencing, they're seeing growth everywhere. It's got to be because these because flat Because of the screen, huge fixed cost they have. Yeah, exactly. Words. So on the next dollar of sales, they're going to earn 20, 30 cents, and that's going to really pop earnings next year and returns on capital. 
And uh, I'd say the uh, unknown here is this tax rate issue. But Corning, page 1306. Now, I haven't left myself much time. Harris Corp., HRS, page 1333. Uh, these guys, um, they're a high-technology communication systems company. They do a bunch of business with the military, and they're putting up pretty high returns on capital going you know, back four or five years, so they're on to something, and I think they're doing something very proprietary for the military. Their operating margins have been stepping up, up 500 basis points over the last five years. They kind of went through this recession with only a modest decline. Operating margins in the upper teens, returns on capital 15 16%. Those are metrics worth looking at. The stock's 10 times earnings. I can only imagine it's because people either fear that capital spending isn't coming back on their system side or the military is going to cancel a program on that side. I don't know, but they have a long history of doing pretty well in the business. It's right now six times EBITDA. Again, look at the inverse, 16% cash-on-cash return. And, you know, that gets my attention. On top of that, Value Line says they're going to grow at 7%. Well, if you've got a return on capital of 15%, the only way you're only going to grow at 7 is if you're investing in stuff that's got a lower than 15% return on capital. Maybe they do, but it also seems like they're on to something with a growing operating margin. So that's all I'm going to say about Harris. It looks cheap and uh, could, you know, could be some upside there. And finally, Office Depot, ODP which I own, page 1433, uh, the company was left for dead because of their debt structure that somehow people thought they were going to default on loans. They did show a loss, but on a cash flow basis, they were really never in danger of uh, a default, in my opinion. They ended up having some outside capital come in in order to bolster their credibility now with Wall Street. You recommended the stock back when things looked bleakest. No, I do. I did. Yeah. And in fact, I own it. And today, this very day, I looked at it to sell. I was making some portfolio changes today, and I chose to keep it. Uh, it has that same V-shaped curve that a lot of companies show when fear struck and everything was at zero. But um, So some of those I have sold. This one I've kept. And the theme is really they are a low-cost provider. They're one of the largest in the world. They have business in the U.S. and Europe. A lot of their decline, I think, was new business formation not happening, so it just stopped their orders immediately. That's going to work its way through. Uh, there's still jitters about whether GDP is actually going to come back this year, next year, the year after. I mean, the fact is it will come back. Um, the company, the way their uh, sales are running, they're down a little bit, but they still have $12 billion in sales. They should be able to drive economies with that. Their gross margin has drifted down. They're going to have to work on product mix and things like that, and so their return on capital has some upside. But I think it's it's 15% of sales. And uh, on a cash flow basis, I didn't work out the math here, but let's see, 2.1, 1.74. It's, it's, uh, it looks like it's, uh, wow, uh, maybe, uh, maybe uh, three or four times EBITDA, best as I can tell. And unless you think they're going out of business, which, you know, they've got good coverages, good balance sheet at this point, and uh, competitive advantages that I think endure cheap price, Office Depot, ODP. I'm rushing because I want to turn it over to the man who's back, Vern Value. Vern, here's to you. Let's I didn't a, go anywhere. Uh, we're back on the show. You back were. on the show. You were gone to the listener. That's what I'm trying Every to say. Break. You know, I'm not trying to reveal mm. where you were or I was or anyone mm. was. We don't want any of that secret information floating around. No, we don't. Uh, the first stock that we're going to... Uh, Really going to get interested in, of course. I, you know, just because there was this discussion of page numbers, etc. You cetera, are going to get interested in 
Well, I think we again. I think the listeners and I will find them interesting. Oh, really? Okay. okay. Maybe you can just sit over there and listen. I'd be and happy to. Maybe you'll find out if you find them interesting or not. I may. I hope so. Um, it, you know, as um, regular listeners know, we've gone to a, a second order uh, approach to page numbering, and uh, consequently, we do prime number pages all uh, page numbered stocks last and then of course then we do them in reverse page number order uh, I did otherwise. not get that memo Vern. Yeah, well, we've been doing it this way for a while. We I think have. we're due to switch uh, uh, yeah, my team and I. I Vern, think have we're you been overserved. I think we're due saying, to What are you talking about? I think we're due to switch next week to really? uh, okay. to a new system. I'll keep everyone apprised of what I, that is. You've got so. my email. So the first stock that I'm going to talk about this week, and I'm apologizing to everybody that they had to wait so long, um, is Verigy. Um, something, have you ever heard of this? Yes, I have. Oh, you have. I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Symbol is V-R-G-Y. Value line showing a stock of um, $11.50. Closed today at 10.42. Something must have gone wrong recently. Uh, this chart, um, you know, with that, you know, movement uh, extends the relative underperformance of the stock in recent months, which is uh, something we like to see when we're thinking about buying a new stock. Um, this is actually my takeout idea for the week because um, I'm looking at a, rel- a fairly pristine balance sheet, um, they do have $138 million of debt, but um, they have $385 million of cash, or did at the end of July. So um, uh, very liquid position, if you will. company makes some kind of advanced test equipment that is used in the memory and system-on-chip segments of the semiconductor industry, and uh, those who follow the industry know that those are very attractive growth segments. Now, this company went from $450 million in revenue in 2005 to uh, more than $750 million uh, over the next two years, peaking then in 06, 07. Going to do, apparently, according to Value Line, something like $320 million this year, which ends in October, so it's probably a pretty reliable estimate. Uh, they say not meaningful for the operating margin. I tried to back into an estimate of the operating loss based on the uh, earnings estimate they have of a uh, loss of $1.85. And my best estimate is somewhere in the $120 million range with about $20 million of that being depreciation. So about a $100 million loss on three twenty. So clearly been caught by surprise. Unfortunately, there's no... Um, no specifics here on what kind of cost reduction initiatives that they've taken. The value line analyst does mention cost cuts, but uh, don't know how deep they'll be. So hard to argue with their forecast for zero operating margin. It's hard um, for you to argue? Yeah, in 2010. Yeah. But they've got a number for, uh, yeah, they've, they're showing revenue you up. You, Vern, can't argue with well, I could, but yeah. it, I don't need to, oh, don't need to. For, the, sure. for the purpose of uh, owning the stock because they're talking about you know, longer-term revenue generation of not even $600 million when the company's done nearly $800 uh, in one of the last three or four years. So uh, they've, they've added some capability both in terms of new product. They've, uh, they've uh, bought some technology from something called Touchdown Technologies, uh, to try and give themselves more growth. What I saw here is that 
something very difficult to, um, to uh, value. I, there's an enterprise value right now of $330 million. Um, you know, if you valued it on a 10% margin on 600 million of revenue, that'd be a five and a half times multiple. You say, well, that's, you know, that, that's not even getting back to where they were before. So if a number closer to prior peak, say 12% on 800 million, that drives the multiple down to 3.4 times. So just for kicks, I thought I'd compare those kinds of, uh, operating earnings, uh, and use a five and a half multiple. Uh, instead, just as a measure of what kind of upside I could get with a little bit of help on the multiple. And, um, you know, you work through the math, and basically you end up with $775 million of equity value left over, and that's a $14 stock, which can be bought for $1040. Uh, and I have to wait, if I have to wait a couple years for, the, comp- for the, you know, the business to be valued at five and a half times an expectation that they can get back to their prior peak, I, you know, it doesn't seem to me too long to wait. Uh, and um, the uh, instrument, ta- I'm sorry, the uh, test equipment area has been a very hot area for M&A activity. And here's a company that, uh, you know, is a struggle to value without any earnings and uh, yeah. probably offers an opportunity, um, you know, if shareholders don't get their return. So one way or another, I think you're talking about 40, 50% upside here over a couple year period of time. Now, that cuts me a little short on time as well. You know what I was thinking? Just what talk were you about. thinking? You could close up the show at 27, mm-hmm. but then keep going, just like we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, no I'll, I'll try to wrap it yeah, up well, in decent shape at yeah. 27. But the, the other two names I have are, are stocks that I've recommended in the past. In fact, I, I may have used Acuity the last time that uh, electrical equipment came through the value line rotation. Um, Emerson is the uh, is page thirteen oh seven prime number I promised would come last. So we're going to do acuity on thirteen oh two. Before that, this stock uh, I was distressed to see is up almost ten percent from where value line was showing under thirty three dollars. Stock closed today at thirty five twenty two. Value line analyst uh, cautions that um, earnings will probably be released between the time that. Um, he wrote the report, and uh, the reader would see it. Uh, he said, um, you know, it feared a, a weak showing. Well, it actually went the other way. Very strong margin performance by Acuity. Revenue a little better than expected, and the combination, you know, put the stock up a lot. I still like it here. Uh, I've got a $1.4 billion equity um, uh, market cap. I add $300 million in debt, $1.7 billion enterprise value. I divide by 150 million of operating income, which is what, uh, or uh, EBITDA, which is what uh, Value Line is forecasting for the August 31, 2010 fiscal year. Uh, and that gives me 11 times multiple. But if I can get back to what looks like a much more normal uh, 250 million of EBITDA level, or around 10% of 2.5 billion of revenue, then I've got a seven times multiple. The inverse of that, as my part likes to point out, would be 14%. Value line looking for just 5% growth. Still the combination, the same 19% that he was looking at. Uh, but with Acuity, I think this is a business that if construction, uh, particularly in the U.S., starts to bottom out in what looks like a predictable fashion, maybe uh, residential showing a little bit of life uh, and commercial finding a bottom in the next couple of years with some help from uh, – 
government stimulus spending. And um, this stock is going to be uh, something that a lot of people are going to want to own because they are a 1,000 or a 10,000-pound gorilla in the lighting space um, for commercial and residential. So they really, you know, you're gonna, people are going to have an objection uh, to the stock until um, I was looking at that. I, I like that one. everything picks up. This is a stock that's really been struggling in the recovery because the perception that they're leveraged to commercial construction and that it'll be consequently a later uh, recovery story. Um, I'm telling you that uh, don't underestimate the residential business at Acuity. And then lastly, uh, Emerson Electric, which is really sort of a smart grid um, uh, play at this point, but it's also a play on uh, a broader economic recovery. The stock at 39. This company has some uh, cyclically sensitive businesses, uh, appliances, tools, climate technologies, in other words, uh, air conditioning systems, account for about 30% of revenue and earnings. Uh, they also have an uh, industrial process management business that's also 30% of earnings. Um, combined with industrial automation, creates some late cycle exposure, balancing this early cycle that we were just talking about. Then they have a network power business, and this is the business, this is un uninterruptible power systems. This is the business that would benefit from a, a significant funding uh, of smart grid systems because if you're going to rely on, you know, switching power across the grid uh, subject to uh, incremental changes in, uh, you know, daily demand within different regions and areas, uh, you cannot have the uh, control system that's managing that architecture go down. And so mm -hmm. there's going to be a huge yeah. need for this kind of product. Um, so I have, you know, really I have sort of a traditional cyclical uh, industrial stock. Uh, if you look at Value Line's history on uh, relative stock price performance, you'll see that the stock really kind of underperforming from 99 to 02, as most industrials did sort of bottomed out and went sideways in part because this business was trying to decide what to do with a big electric motor exposure at, at the time, and their uh, uninterruptible power supply business was not nearly as big. And it took a while for that to really, you know, that transition to kick in. Stock did very well in 2007, um, really kind of peaked out in 2008, and then, you know, it hasn't done well since, yielding 3.4%. Um, I'm looking at less than eight times prior peak EBITDA, and uh, I've got a uh, closet play on storage here in a business that has generated, you know, very attractive returns on capital historically. So uh, that's Emerson EMR. Uh, you know, we could talk a lot more about it. And thank everybody for joining us this really? week. My favorite idea, actually, I'm going to say is uh, uh, Emerson. Corning for me. Bye, everyone. Sorry about that. We could keep going just, now, you know, Vern. It's I, just I, the iTunes I thought I almost, now. you know, I tried to run no. out the clock there on well, you. Well, I mean, uh, you, you, you know, snuck look, in under the wire. With, I just, uh, we can keep going now. It's just, it's just, you know, just the regular crowd. Now. Well, I'm looking at, uh, you know, there's, Emerson has other attractions. They manage cash very well. You know, the company uh, has been paying down or has been buying back stock since 2003. They had uh, stopped in 2002. Uh, because of recession. Prior to that, from 94 to 2001, they've been buying back stocks, so, you know, for mm -hmm. a long time. I, you know, this is a, they make acquisitions fairly regularly, you know, that's sort of uh, 
Do you, you have know, kind of an emotional attachment to this one, Vern? No, I just say it's uh, – Valueline even mentions at the end of their little write-up that uh, they say Emerson's best-in-class management team. You know, some of that's, you know, just reputational. I've course, always had an but, affection for the company. I just um, if the, you the street, that. Yeah, the street likes them. It's a well-managed business. They've done a nice job of transitioning out of some slower-growth mm-hmm. businesses into some higher-growth ones. They've been able to do this yes, and keep have. returns yes, on capital have. at very attractive levels. So – Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really, this is the time. We're in a recession. Things are sort of bleakest right now in terms of spending uh, capital, industrial capital spending. But, uh, you know, the, I, uh, the PMI I, has been rising over the last I ran uh, into a guy in the elevator today. Yeah. And I said, and he, I think, is with a construction firm. And I said, and he, you know, there were times earlier in the year when he didn't look so good. And I just said, so how's business? Has it stabilized? He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, it has. At, at zero. At zero. So uh, they're comfortable with that right now and just are seeing that it's only up in terms of incremental business. Of course, you need a, to, a lot of people are in that situation. Yeah, there's, it's virtually impossible to get uh, financing for any kind of building construction. But, you know, you say that, and the home building industry is not at zero. And no, they're um, recovering in some metrics, and, in and, fact. And uh, construction companies that um, – have exposure to or that are working on government-funded projects are doing at least okay. If all the government, if all the federal money is done, is replaced state money, or they're doing really, really well. And uh, this is why you think, you know, construction may come around some because the the government spending is going to soak up a bunch of uh, idle capacity, and then as soon as we can get, you know, some life from you know, home building on a sustained basis, you know, or get commercial to bottom out or both. Well, we still don't need any houses. Wow. That's the problem. Still no, we do need houses. We need houses we need, for population many, growth. Well, but that's no, not we have, there's kick too many in houses. There's too many houses in a few places, so let's annualize that. I well, mean, it, it runs know. off in, in about two years at the outside. You could say okay. that we need to start having more houses unless families start to – live in the same house and i have heard that there's it looks some like the housing going. start this number number this year is going to be what like six hundred thousand or less well i'll just say i remember a time when no one thought that people would unplug their landline phones and the normalized happened. number is probably about three yeah. times that level so in one family in a there's house. a lot of room for us to get some very attractive percentage growth i mean i mean you can hear it being i can hear it being reported now you know, you oh, housing is up 30%. Well, it will be. And it will have gone from 600 to 900, and we'll still be you know, somewhere around half of what normalized demand would be based on population yeah, growth. Yeah, population growth ultimately you wins. Know, and the people aspire to own their own home. Yeah. And you, know, uh, you really want to find construction plays that have international exposure as well because uh, you know, the, the – uh, the very large populations, larger than our own, frankly, in Brazil, India, and China, want all these same things as well. Well, they're not going to be able to have that sooner they realize that. And we're not going to be able to have it. You know, Per person, we're all going to have to get more efficient, and certainly to bring Brazil or you know, China, for that matter, up to a living standard. It's going to be a smaller home than we have. Most of the rest of the world lives in a smaller home than we do. No, I the think Japanese they'll largely the be satisfied with that. Yeah. Yeah, when you you have nothing to to just have a. I mean, look at the the 
well, billions of people that live in the equivalent of a shack. I know. So that's the opportunity for up-and-coming architects who are designing homes for the future. To, well, to yeah, if you can, that. if you can, do, I mean, if they can design a car that can be sold for under three thousand dollars, then why can't we design a home that can be built for eight? Absolutely. And you know what they'll you all know, have in them? They're two big have, rooms plus a toilet. They're all going to have Corning fiberglass. Page thirteen. They're, they're, are you ready to linking end the show? them all to the internet? I'm getting. You know, I'm sorry I brought this cat out of the bag with extending the show. Come on, just, where's the? Um, why aren't we listening to music? I don't have all that ready, Vern. I'm oh. not ready to do that exactly. Right. Okay. Do you, you have your heart set on that? No, no, Maybe no, I can that's pull fine. Some up on my no, iPhone. No, no, the show's no. over. Okay. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Bye, everyone. We'll see you. We'll see you next week, folks.